Welcome to episode 12 of the Magic Hour. I'm Paul Bevan, the founder and CEO of Magic Valley. My usual offsider, uh, Professor Andrew Laslett's not here today, but I've got a very special guest. I want to introduce Ella Jenkins as our marketing and communications coordinator. Welcome, Ella. Thank you for having me on. How are you feeling about today? nervous. I'm not usually in front of the camera. <laughs> a bit nervous. No, you're usually running the show, pushing all the buttons and making sure everything works. Yeah, so it's a bit exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's great, great to have you here today. Um, let's get started and talk a little bit, I guess, about how you came to be working with us at, at Magic Valley. Obviously, we're not that, that very old company. We've only been around for about three years, but you've mm -hmm. been with us for, it must be over it. Is that real? No, not quite Almost a year. a year. Yeah, coming yeah. up to a year, coming up to a year. Um, do you want to talk, tell, talk to us and, and the audience uh, a little bit about your role as as marketing and, and comms coordinator and um, first of all, how, how that came about? Yeah, so, I mean, well, first of all, how that came about, I was really interested in what Magic Valley was doing, really interested in being a part of it. There's a lot of meaning behind what Magic Valley is doing and particularly the way that the company itself operates and, and the mission and purpose behind it. So I was following Magic Valley for a little while, really wanted to get involved, um, wasn't particularly sure uh, exactly in what way, but having had experience from running uh, my own businesses, I knew a little bit about social media marketing and marketing for a business in general on a smaller scale. So I thought, why not reach out and show what I what I think I could do to be a part of the business, um, just to, you know, get involved in some way. I am studying science and I was really interested in bioengineering at the time, but I didn't have experience in that area and I wanted to get involved in some way and I knew that was something I could do. Honestly, was not expecting a reply back. I was completely <laughs> shocked. I was just kind of the opinion of, I'll give it a go. I know I could do this. I know it could be really exciting and a really enjoyable thing to get involved with, but I honestly had absolutely no expectations going into it. I was like, worst case scenario, I get ignored. But yeah, it's been great in terms of what I do. When I started, it was mostly just social media, but it's definitely grown since then. Right, you're absolutely I mean, the, the the driving force behind yeah, you know, all, all the marketing that we're it. doing. You know? Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot during my time at Magic Valley and I've really enjoyed kind of growing from that beginning of the role to being involved in much more of all of the marketing that we're doing. It's been very exciting. Excellent, yeah. excellent. I'd like to dig into that a little bit more because I think there's a lot of um, lessons that um, the listeners can take out of, particularly your approach to mm. us, which we've, 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 I've spoken about in previous episodes and I'm going to embarrass you again. <laughs> Um, but, you know, we, we weren't hiring at the time. We weren't looking for someone. Um, and I guess, I mean, you can talk to this a little bit better than, than I can, but, you know, your approach to us was around, hey, look, I think you could be doing this better and I can help you do this better. And I think this is doing this is going to help your business in, in this way, which just stood out from anything anyone else. I mean, we get, well, I've said this before as well, you know, we get, you know, 10, 20, 30 resumes a, a month of people that want to come and work with us. Mm. Um, but that approach stood out. Mm. How did you, like, what made you think of that? Like, why was that your approach? Because I know you mentioned like you've, 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 you have or have had other businesses yourself. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about that a little bit, like how you came up with that idea and why you thought that was the, the, the best approach? Yeah. 
running my own businesses was a huge learning experience. It's the kind of job where you really have to, nothing's going to happen if you don't put the work in. So that was a real learning experience. Uh, in terms of where I got the idea about that particular approach, I was really interested in getting involved in something that felt related to the direction I wanted to go with my career. And also something that had meaning and purpose that I was passionate about. I was interested in what I was learning about in uni, but I didn't really see where it was going to fit in with a career or where it was actually going. I, you know, didn't get to get in the lab much because of COVID. So I guess it was a combination of just, I was really interested in what you were doing. I saw the news story come out at the time as well. And that was almost the push for me to be like, no, I've just got to send it. I've just got to put something together, show what I can do and send it. And I knew that like, you know, sending an email, no matter how like, passionate you sound it's it you know people might want to get you involved but if they can't see where you're going to fit in they're not really going to be able to do anything for you studying science during COVID there's not much that's going to make you stand out at all and there's a lot of different opportunities out there but it is really hard to make yourself stand out there's going to be a million different people studying what you're studying and everyone is going to be passionate about what you're passionate about and I also knew like just coming out and saying I can do this you know there's a lot of you know, trust to just expect that someone who's talking about their own businesses can actually follow through and do that for your business. So I went specifically to the website. I pulled the photos from the website. I pulled the colors from the photos and I put together like a little brand pack and put that with my resume, put in an email, wrote a long email, sent it off and crossed my fingers. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and here we are and here we are yeah, yeah. it's no. been absolutely amazing I never expected to be here you know whatever it is almost a year later yeah yeah look and, and I think particularly as a as a small business owner being able to to show what you can actually do is, mm. is, is super super important and, yeah. and I guess um I've got so many questions but yeah. I, I know a lot of people will be wondering um uh, well, probably one question, yeah. how old you are, and you might not want to answer <laughs> that question because you mentioned that you're studying science. But yeah. I think most people, you know, would have or would assume that, um, you know, you've got um, several years of experience behind you, if not decades, in marketing and that you're studying <laughs> marketing. Do, do, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because Like my experience there? Or lack of. Or lack of. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, I'm 22. I'm studying science. I'm not studying marketing. Um, it's definitely been something that I've learned on the job, but I do think having that experience uh, studying science has helped fill in um, the gaps in terms of trying to understand what's actually going on at Magic Valley. When I specifically became interested in science communication, it was through um, a couple of different classes, but one in particular it was looking at uh, all areas of science communication from interpreting studies to writing blog posts and finding ways to communicate to people in a way that actually keeps them interested in an idea that they might otherwise think is boring. So there definitely has been a bit of that involved in my course and, and those have been the subjects that I've chosen alongside a major. Um, but definitely more of the practical skills in marketing I learned through running my own businesses yep. outside of uni. Yeah. Yep. And that was probably since... Well, that was 2020, early 2020, I started that and kind of periodically ran that through the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. spot on. So I, I can very much relate to that as well uh, in terms of the the marketing yeah. side of things. I haven't studied, you know, <laughs> I didn't do marketing at, at uni or, or anything like that mm -hmm. either. And I've had, you know, a couple of um, previous businesses and, and similar to yourself, 
uh, everything I've learned about marketing has been self-taught and yeah. and through experience. Mm-hmm. And I had a number of corporate jobs. You know, I thought I was really smart and you know, it's somewhat <laughs> successful and I knew everything and I I can run a business and yeah. all that sort of thing. Then got into running a business and realised I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Mm. Um, and particularly when it comes to things like sales and marketing mm. uh, and, and being able to actually get, you know, that hands-on experience mm. I think is is, is crucial. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably a lot more valuable than just studying the theory behind marketing. 100%. I think in some ways it's been an advantage because I've always been ready to, like, learn new things in this job. Like I've never gone into one of these, like, new roles that I've taken on expecting myself to know everything that I'm doing and it is kind of interesting going out there and going okay how do I learn how to do this and there's so many resources out there and I do think having a range of experiences a different degree a bunch of different jobs it definitely helps and just being ready to learn new things yeah absolutely and I would describe um both of us and our experiences as, as being practitioners. So yeah. you're, you're getting that that hands-on experience. And mm. not that this is all about me, but just to, to relay a story. Yeah, yeah. So I obviously had, you know, a, a, a martial arts and a, and a gym business. And mm. we and we went from, you know, uh, handing out flyers out the front of the gym, you know, to just random people yeah. to, you know, targeted digital marketing and mm. being able to, to to work through that. But without without doing that, you know, because all of if you, you know, if you do any sort of, you know, marketing courses and things like that, I mean, real estate's another really prime example of you know people doing letterbox drops and all that sort of thing which is just basically like spray and pray you know just sending out as much marketing as possible hoping you hit the target audience um and then after that, obviously, I had the finance business, which I took from, you know, an, an in-person business where I was doing, you know, one-to-one, you know, consultations mm. to doing, um, you know, a real digital um, business, a web-based business and driving traffic from mm. social media mm. channels to to the website with really, you know, a targeted approach yeah. you know, with all the yeah. – um, uh, uh, demographic information everything that you can target you know through mm. facebook ads and, and and all that sort of thing so yeah. i think that experience which, which you have similar experience with yeah. your own businesses um and other other roles really is just crucial in yeah. in, in any in any business really mm-hmm. but particularly small business to be yeah. able to to pick that stuff up and as you said have yeah, that thirst for learning and test things and like we'll try yeah. this i mean and even in my own like from that business that I ran in 2020, going from just, you know, putting stuff up on Etsy to like expanding it to social media marketing, trying out Facebook ads and setting up my own website and, and learning how to build a website. And then I brought those skills over to my tutoring business. I'd always kind of tutored, um, you know, just kind of as like a thing on the side. And then I realized that's something I can do, you know, as my main job while I'm studying. And setting up a business for that and actually setting up a, a website and finding a way of, you know, uh, like actually organising that for the students I was tutoring. There's always a way you can take something to the next level, but you have to be willing to actually admit that you don't know how to do something and learn how to do it. And there's so much out there to learn how to do that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so many great lessons in that, I think. Mm. Um Obviously, awareness is really important. Mm. Uh, I mean, in any business, and obviously with with what we're doing um, as as well. Mm. Um, and, and you mentioned that you saw, I guess, our initial, uh, I guess, mainstream media coverage mm. when it comes to our uh, first, uh, I guess, real uh, exposure, which was uh, through, I guess, the the Channel Nine news segment when we launched our our Lamb um, prototype product. Yeah. We got some coverage in the AFR at the time as well and that sort of thing. Um, what 
what were your what were your, what was your understanding or knowledge of or experience of cultivated meat prior to that? Had you heard of it? Was it like- I'd heard of it. Like I remember years ago, like being in high school and, you know, when you're still working out what you want to do, I knew I was interested in science and you hear about these new things popping up and you're like, that would be a cool thing to go into. Like that sounds cool. Like the they're doing this, they're doing that. So it was something I'd heard of. Um, but I remember at the time that I found out about Magic Valley, it was actually just because I was interested in what actual biotech is there in Melbourne? Like what what jobs are out there? And I was just researching businesses in the area and then I found Magic Valley and I remember reading the line and going, that can't be right. Like <laughs> there's no way they're making that in Melbourne. And I remember specifically um, talking to a couple of my friends and it's funny because I had this conversation with them. There were like three different conversations conversation before where we were just chatting about how interesting it was that there's actually a company in Melbourne doing this and we were talking about how you guys did it. I didn't really understand it at the time beyond stem cells. I didn't understand the intricacies of induced pluripotent stem cells and the fact that there were companies using FBS and like all the range of different companies that there were in the world. And then I had the conversation with them where I was like, I sent off my resume, I'm giving it a go. And then I had the conversation where I was like, they replied, I'm meeting them. Like they got every update along the way. It's really funny. But definitely at the time that I found out about Magic Valley initially, like probably maybe a month before I, I contacted you guys, I was honestly shocked that there were companies doing it already. Like I, I knew that it was an idea and I knew that it was something that technically we had like the technology to do, but I had absolutely no clue that it was actually already going on out there. And even now it's like my favourite thing to talk to people about because people don't even know but they already have such strong opinions surrounding this. Mm. It comes out immediately when you bring it up. They don't even know. They're not thinking about it before but it comes out immediately. But so many people just don't know that it actually exists already. So, yeah, definitely one of the big things that we talk about all the time is actually just getting the awareness out there that it actually exists and also um, – defining it in the right way because some people know it exists but they think that it needs to be GMO or they think that we're cloning animals or people think it's some kind of Frankenstein like <laughs> scary operation but yeah once they understand it it makes a lot more sense and they're a lot more comfortable with it so yeah awareness is a big thing that we talk about a lot in our marketing meetings absolutely yeah. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of misinformation yeah. uh, out there i'm interested obviously you're studying science amongst your like peers i guess do mm -hmm. they have a, an understanding or maybe now that you talk to them about it around cultivated meat and and what what that is and, and yeah. the products and everything yeah so a lot of people who are studying science understand it or, or have heard <laughs> about it understand the technology behind it or very quickly understand the technology behind it yes um but I th and i think that really affects the way that people accept it so people who are studying science they're excited about getting involved in all, you know in all the biotech innovation that's gone that's the most exciting thing in science at the moment is biotech innovation there's a lot going on right now um i think the people that are less in like have less information to fall back on in terms of their understanding of what's going on are more likely to be a little bit more scared about it um but at the same time i think most people i think we underestimate how much science people can understand without a science education and if they get it explained to them in a way that makes sense they're very likely to accept it i think that definitely their understanding of science affects how much uh, they accept it but there's also so much else going into it as well there's all these other it, it depends on like what do they think of GMOs already or, or what do they think of veganism or, or what do they think of all these like highly controversial 
controversial issues that kind of get mixed together and create someone's opinion on this, but it could come out in any way, you know? So yeah, it's it's interesting. In terms of um, specifically within my course, it's very mixed. Some people, um, I, I think because it's so controversial, people like to have really polarizing views on it. But people definitely are excited to talk about it, that's for sure, mm. which I, I love. I love hearing people's opinions. I I don't mind if someone is gonna come out and be like, oh, that's that's scary or oh, that's that's wrong. Cause I love having that conversation. I'm like, no, let's talk about this. That's okay. We can disagree as long as we can have a conversation about it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. great that's a great approach. Um up until that point, I think we'd had a lot of um industry um coverage in, mm. in, in terms of media. And, you know, I think we had, you know, a bit of um uh, a bit of standing sort of within the industry. But as mm. soon as we got that mainstream media media coverage and the continued mainstream media coverage that we've had since then, I think that's been a really large crossover point for mm. us because, um, you know, the food tech sort of industry or sector or alternative proteins or, or cultivated meat mm. or cellular agriculture, it's still very, very small. And yep. so... It's fine to uh, sort of be known in those circles, but, you know, we're trying to create a product that's going to change the world. So, yeah. we, you know, we have to bring that to the mainstream. And so I think having that, particularly the the, the TV news coverage, it mm. actually provides or has seemed to provide a lot of, you know, credibility and, and social proof. And, I mean, yeah. we still get comments now, oh, I saw you on Channel 9, you know, last year, yeah, da, 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 yeah. you know. To us that feels, you know, like, well, to me it feels like, you know, 15 years ago yeah. sort of thing. It's actually not that long <laughs> it's ago. Crazy. Um, it's less than a year ago. So um, we've obviously done quite a bit more um, media since since then that, mm. that, that mm. you've um, been uh, uh, intimately involved in um, a lot of, Obviously, what we're doing today with with the podcast and the content that that we're putting out ourselves um, and interactions with um, the mainstream media mm -hmm. uh, networks, we've done a lot of we've done quite a lot of TV of recent yeah, of recent yeah. times. Um, there's obviously a lot of articles, you know, radio interviews and all those sorts mm -hmm. of things. Do you think there's one? Um, can, is there something you can put your finger on in particular that you think has probably or potentially helped the most in terms of generating conversations? Obviously, there's been some announcements with you know industry wide yeah. and all those sorts of things. Is there anything that comes to mind that you know you think has been key in um, propelling us a little bit? Because we're certainly getting a lot more media attention now. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, look, I think the one that's stood out to me is. Uh, I had a couple of friends sending me the reel from ABC that mm -hmm. they posted us and they're like, ABC? That's exciting. So definitely there's a lot coming, like the the way that people, the, the different platforms that people, the different news outlets that people are following, they'll, they'll see it on one, but when they see it on the one that they follow more or, or the one that they, you know, uh, it's more likely to pop up on their feed, um, that's always cool when people come to me and they're like, whoa, like this is like real, real. And yeah. they're like, yeah, I was telling you about it. Like it's, yeah. it's going to be big. Yeah. So definitely. But I, I guess I think the biggest one, I, the biggest push would have been after the tasting. I think that yeah. was that was really big because we went from having like a couple of news coverage, a couple of um news stories to like just this intense, like we had a day where we were just like one after the other. And I remember like we were going through that day like going so fast and, and working really hard and then just at the end of the day thinking, oh, wow, I wonder like how, like what's going to happen when this all comes out and what's it going to be like? And it was just super exciting to show people actually tasting the product and yeah. and actually having people in mainstream media who aren't from our company or aren't people that, you know, we've necessarily 
like like uh, journalists tasting it mm. and giving their honest review of it. That was really cool. I reckon probably that one. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I think having having people taste the product and um, having you know um, uh, the world see people yeah. tasting the product. That's not us. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. So that is external, independent, and and giving their as you said, you know, immediate honest feedback of, mm. of the products. I think has been massive for us because obviously cultivated meat or the concept of it has been around for probably 10 years now yeah. and so to actually see you know people that are that are eating the product yeah. it makes it a lot more tangible it makes it real yeah it it's makes it real one of those moments that's like this is actually happening yeah it, exactly it, it was very nerve-wracking for me let me just, <laughs> let me just yeah, put be. that out there um obviously having you know external people you know taste the product and particularly because we've had, you know, chefs and restaurant mm. owners and food critics as well as journalists oh. and politicians, but, you know, people that intimately understand, yeah. you know, the meat products that we're creating, um, yeah, that was that was super nerve-wracking. But yeah, we did get great feedback. Danny Valent came in and, and that was, I was terrified. Yeah. I, wasn't, I was just like, <laughs> she's here, like she's serious. And it was just amazing and so reassuring and so great to like have a food critic come in and review it honestly and, and, and like it. And talk talk it up and support it that was awesome yeah 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 that was that really cool can totally relate to all of those feelings <laughs> i was experiencing the same yeah. thing um obviously um there's there's been some uh, i guess more um news coverage i guess industry-wide in terms of you know approvals in the u.s and that mm. sort of thing and i think that's been a really big booster um as well and yeah. we obviously got a lot of questions from you know, local media, you know, after, after that happened, mm. um, which has been great for the industry. And, I, I mean, I expect, um, yeah, the media attention and the coverage to only sort of accelerate, mm. um, you know, from here as, you know, potentially products come to market um, in Australia. So yeah. I think that's all That's all really exciting. And the, the feedback, I guess, as you've mentioned, you know, we we get a bit of um, mixed feedback. And and the, the thing that I find quite funny as well is when we appear in some of the you know, news outlets or, or, or different channels, um, people that I would never think would, you know, watch that program or listen to that show come to him like, oh, I saw you on this, I saw you yeah. on that. It's really, really interesting. <laughs> I find that quite funny actually. Yeah. Um, obviously we've, we've done a number of sort of different um, – projects um and some different uh events that we've done with like uh, you know community events and info yeah. nights um, and those sorts of things how important do you think um that is in in getting the message across um you know to uh, you know people that potentially haven't heard about you know cultivated meat before because we obviously use a lot of different yeah. you know channels you know in terms of our marketing you mentioned all the different social media channels um we're quite active andrew plugs this every week but obviously <laughs> we're very active uh, when i say we i mean you Ella, very <laughs> active on um you know instagram yeah. you know we've got our tiktok um up um we do a lot of content on on linkedin yep. um we've obviously got facebook as well we've got twitter as as well so we've got all those now. and threads of course <laughs> yes yeah. how, how could i forget but on it um so you know we are i think you know quite um, advanced in terms of, you know, mm. the content marketing we do on those channels. And then obviously the, the in-person, you know, events as well. And not just, yeah. not just tastings, but, but info nights. Um, I think the first info night we did was, was really interesting mm. in terms of a, the amount of people that, yeah. that came along, but just, uh, yeah, it's fine for me to talk about it. Like, that wasn't the interesting <laughs> part, but I think the, the Q and A, which went for yeah. a really, really Over long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, do you, do you have, do you have any sort of, um, 
insights into that or comments on that or, or how you think that went or how important yeah. that is in terms of answering those questions. Yeah, no, that was another big moment for me where I was like, wow, this is really exciting. So that was right at the beginning of when I started and I was like, I can't believe this is like, this is so interesting to be involved in and so many people really want to be involved in it. That's what I got from that Q&A. So many people really wanted to be involved and have the conversation with you guys. And I think that's what makes those events so important. People want to be involved. People want to understand. So having these events and also having such regular updates on our social media and we really try and take people behind the scenes and we really try and familiarise people with our team, um, I think it it makes them, you know, more excited about what we're doing and it also, like, it, it involves the community in something that has a real purpose behind it. That That's what we, you know, what really motivates us and we talk about it a lot, that this has the potential to have a really big impact but we need people to be excited as we are about it as well for it to actually have that impact. So we need to involve people and people want to be involved. So running these events and, and being active on social media, I think, is the best way that we can do that. Mm. But, yeah, that was an amazing event because people were asking really interesting questions and they were genuinely interested in hearing the answers and, and getting involved. In co- and I remember there was even like almost like debate over, you know, I think it was um, – a, a very like debated idea of is this going to be halal is this going to be mm. kosher and it just turned into a conversation between the people who were actually there it's something people have so many questions about but also want to talk to each other about and even after the q a people stuck around for networking for like another hour it was great yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it was i couldn't agree more mm. and it's really interesting um how good the questions mm. were and, and how, I guess, uh, engaged people people were. Yeah. And, and I guess that's um, – and genuine, as you mentioned. Yeah. The, the questions were really genuine, you know, about a, a want to understand mm. and, mm. you know, what about this but what about, you know, particular concerns and, and all that sort of thing, which um, is probably a little bit different to the comments that we get on, on social media. <laughs> yeah. Different. Which is, you know, I, I guess that's probably just, you know, a, a reflection of the world that we live in in terms of, uh, you know, I guess, you know, keyboard warriors, a term that, 100%. you know, gets, gets thrown around as well. And we get, a, we get, we get, um, uh, a mix of comments on on social media, but I think a lot of that comes from um, you know some of the misinformation that's that's out yeah. there. Um, and and you, this was uh, absolutely credit to you for for this idea in terms of um, you know um, addressing some of those those mm-hmm. negative negative comments or um, uh, misconceptions or. Um, uh, we get, uh, you know, um, comments about, we get the ick comment quite, quite a lot and the, and the, and the, and the, not to people, yeah, (laughs) we get that spewing up emoji quite a bit as well. Um, so, so we get a whole, whole wide range of things and obviously that, I think those conversations are very different to, as you mentioned on, you know, on the, on the info night, for example, Mm. people are more engaged and they're genuine, they're genuine questions. But you made a really, um, you know, a really good point around, um, you know, calling out or uh, I think as Sam mentioned in one of our previous podcasts, he referred to it as calling in those those negative comments yeah, and, and yeah. addressing them. Yeah. Do, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the idea of, of doing that and why it's important um, for us to address those, mm. those negative comments and, and misconceptions? I mean, it's the same as having the conversation in person. I think it's so important that two people can disagree on a topic and have a conversation about it and actually listen to each other. And it's almost no different. Obviously there's a difference between the people um, who are really, you know, 
making out there comments, but even some of the out there comments, they they always come from a place where they don't understand or they're scared of it or they're worried about what's not being told. Yeah. And so if you can just kind of look at the comment, see where that comment is coming from, the fear that it's coming from and actually address that, give them the information and then they can do with that what they will, show that we're open to having the conversation and we see that people are worried and that's normal because this is a new thing. It's okay to have like a big reaction to something new. This is what we're trying to do. We're being transparent. We're being honest. We're being open. And we did turn some of those, and and this is interesting, we turned some of those um, Instagram comments we had a look at our comments. We picked out a couple of them and ended up making some LinkedIn posts looking at um, where is this comment coming from? Like, why is this person so scared of cultivated meat? Or, or even just the, I think a really interesting one was we looked at specifically why are people grossed out by cultivated meat? Like, where is that that gross feeling coming from? And if you look into it, it actually goes into, I think we talked about um, that anchoring bias yes. of people have a set idea of this is what meat is. Uh, they, they know that it comes from a slaughtered animal. They've grown up with that their whole lives. So when we take the definition of meat and put it on something that's not what they're used to, their immediate reaction is to just go, no, that's wrong. That's gross. Um, or, you know, that availability heuristic, which was the most easily available information on their head. So uh, biotech and food is bad or that's scary, or this is dangerous, this could, you know, and, and not actually digging a little deeper. And, and that's not people intentionally trying to come at us and and attack what we're doing. A lot of the time these people don't think that, like, the CEO of the company is seeing the Insta. They don't think that the person running the social media is seeing the Instagram comments. They're just putting their opinion out there. And if you can't dislike a post, you can comment on it. And then if you're passionate about it, you're going to, you're going to comment about it. But these are all just like these, uh, when it comes down to like the psychology of it, they're cognitive biases and we all have these cognitive biases, the mental shortcuts that we take. Um, so when they, they don't understand much about something, people are going to jump to these, you know, immediate intense reactions. But I think it's so important, both in real life when you're having a conversation with someone who's not into the idea of it or on social media when people are leaving these hate comments, to be able to have the conversation from our side, sit down, think about it and understand where it's coming from and use that to inform the way that we're marketing. I don't think that even even while doing that, we're never going to stop getting hate comments because what we're doing is new. But I mean, it shows that people are interested in what we're doing. And even some of those comments, like even other people will rep- reply to those comments for us mm-hmm. and explain these assumptions that they're making. And they'll turn around in the comments and actually come around to the idea. So I think people are passionate about it, but that's a good thing because even if they're passionately angry at it or scared of it, they're interested in it in some way or form, yeah. Yeah, all all really great points. And you've taught me a lot of lessons around um, patience um, and and making sure that we, you know, address these comments because, as you said, a lot of people, you know, have turned around in Mm. in their opinions, whereas, you know, perhaps previously I would have been, you know, a bit less sure (laughs) and and, and not spent the time to to do that. Um, And you make a really great point around the community as well Mm. because even from the beginning we've we've had a, you know, a real want to build that community. And as you said, Mm. the community has 
done a lot of that education work, you know, yeah. for us. Yeah, so it's not us having to be, you know, on on Instagram or social media replying to all these comments it's really because nice. uh, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah, and I guess they're really our um, evangelists, you know, mm. pe- people that are you know uh, our supporters and are able to, um, you know, counteract some of that misinformation mm. that you know people will, will post or things like that or just question them. You know, yeah. someone will say, "Oh, this is ick," or "This is you know whatever they'll say," um, and 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 other people will be like, well, oh, "Well, why? Why do you think so? Or how is it different? Or yeah. you know, tell me." You know, mm. so yeah, hundred percent. And and that's yes, yeah, something I've learned from you because <laughs> yes, I was certainly less patient to to, to begin with. Um, you mentioned um, a number of really uh, interesting um, points there around people's, you know, biases and 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 fear, um, and particularly when it comes to food products. Obviously, mm. foods are really, you know, personal, you know, choice what you yeah. consume and, and and put in your body, and, and we do get some really, you know, um, strong reactions and 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 strong emotions when we yeah. when we talk about that. And I think, um, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of that comes from, you know, preconceived ideas or, or notions. And um, what's really, I think, um, you know, challenging for us, we, we, are, a, we are a tech business, we're, mm. we're a food tech business, um, and we're, but, you know, we're producing a product that is a food product. And so there's a lot of emotion around that and I guess willingness to adopt you know, technology in your everyday life and mm. particularly when it comes to food. Yeah. Um, one thing that I find really interesting um, is around, you know, how transparent we are around yeah. the, the the process and I think yeah. that's that's really important, you know, for people to know mm. where their food comes from um, yeah. and for that to be really transparent. And I think, you know, something that uh, is going to come up more and, and more because we do get a lot of those questions about, you know, what 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 do you add to the cells and what are the, you know, mm. what's the ingredients and what's the nutrition profile? And they're mm. all great questions. Um, and I think people should know that and you know what the process is from beginning yeah. to end and what happens in the lab and um all of those sorts of things. Um, but I just wonder how much people put thought into where their food currently comes from. I was just gonna say that. I think that that's the difference. And that might be why people are so like immediately scared by it is because they see us talking about here's the process from start to finish um, for for this meat product, but they don't really think about the process for the meat product that they're used to. And maybe if they put that side by side, they'd feel a little bit more comfortable with like the meat product that we're making. I saw something really interesting, um, an article someone wrote on like the the way that cultivated meat is being adopted around the world and the way that it comes down to different attitudes surrounding technology and acceptance of new technology and also things like the idea of something being grown in a lab as being cleaner than something, um, you know, factory farmed. But I, I think it definitely comes down to the fact that we're too used to not thinking about where our food comes from currently, yeah. Yeah, no, I think... I'm not the expert, but just based on our experience, I think it potentially makes makes people think about where their food comes from, and I think it might make them like uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, and I think that is where a lot of the anger comes mm. from, which is really, really interesting and very, very misplaced. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But people don't like being called out, and also I think these these issues. People don't like thinking about climate change. They don't like thinking about animal agriculture because there's a lot of work to be done there and there's a lot of change that goes into like actually um, seeing 
a big difference in these issues and that's a lot for people to think about on an individual level. They also don't want to be thinking that they've been doing something bad. They don't want to, you know, accept the idea that they've actually been contributing to this really awful issue. Um, and I think that people need to become a little bit more okay with the idea that, yeah, there's things that we do every day that contribute to the the what makes these issues so what makes it so important that we change what's going on in the current food industry and, and, and with climate change and with everything, you know, nobody wants to do bad things or nobody wants to harm uh, animals, but the, there's certain things that have been set in standard and it's okay to go, okay, I understand that now. I'm going to learn about this. I'm going I'm to want to understand it and I'm going to try and find a way to change it. The best thing is that we're giving them an option where they don't have to change very much at all. You still get the food product. But I think what, what stops people from fully embracing that is that they don't want to accept that what, they're, what they've been doing, you know, their entire lives has been a part of a really bad issue. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's really important that, to point out nobody's perfect. Yeah, like yeah. nobody is, yeah. is perfect. And I think it's really important, as you said, you know, to, to, to be open to mm. new concepts. Um, uh, learn about uh, you know different issues that, yeah. are, that are happening in the world and how you can can address those yeah. and and it's not um, you know it's not something to um, you know dwell on it's more about you know being open minded learning and then looking at ways that we can improve you know ourselves what we're doing as a community you know what we're what we're doing yeah. um, all together I think people are immediately on the defense because they think they're being called out individually when people mm. are trying to bring about change in these issues. Mm. Um, or they think that if they can't go all in on, on on completely changing how they behave in their life around one issue, they can't going from if they can't go from eating meat every day to being completely vegan, then they should just give up and oppose it completely. Mm. But every single little change, or just thinking about it every day, supporting things like cultivated the cultivated meat industry, like there's there's little things that you can do to contribute to actually uh, making a difference, or showing like actively thinking about things. You know, it changes your perspective on things. Even like um, since I've started working at Magic Valley, I mean, I've never since moving out of home been a huge meat eater. I don't really like buy it for myself that much, but it's definitely been a part of my diet. Um, and I've tried to go vegetarian a few times. I've tried to, you know, uh, but it, it's ingrained in your diet and, you know, ingrained in my diet mm -hmm. um but seeing it every day at work and and thinking about it and and using it in the marketing it makes you think about it and and just thinking about it changes the choices that you're going to go about and make in the rest of your life on a subconscious level and the way that you think about what you're eating so i think just the first step actually acknowledging things and understanding it will subconsciously change how you act around this type of thing anyway yeah absolutely yeah it's, it's, it's really interesting yeah um Look, obviously, in the the, the early days, I, a question I get asked a lot is around, you know, um, you know, demand. How much demand is is mm. there? Uh, and, and and I think that at least in the early stages, you know, demand is going to far outstrip supply. Yeah. As you've mentioned um, uh, earlier, there's only three cultivated meat products yep. that are currently available. They're all cultivated chicken. Um, one in Singapore um, and and two in the US. And as you mentioned as well, like I think now that there's products available on the market, particularly in a, a market so big as the the, the US, mm. um, has has had a, a really large impact on people being becoming more aware. Obviously, there's media attention around it, but actually, it becoming a lot more tangible. Yeah, you can actually go now, not yeah. just in Singapore, <laughs> go and buy it and eat and try a cultivated meat product. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of the early adopters, you know, will be people that um, uh, are already, you know, interested in the sustainability uh, mm. aspects, uh, particularly, um, or also I should say, uh, you know, uh, animal ethics mm. uh, and uh, even the health profile, like concerned around, you know, um, you know what nutrition that, that, yeah. that they're consuming. And I think they're sort of the three, um, you know, key areas that the, the early adopters will, will come from. But then yeah. there's obviously, as you mentioned, you know, there's a really large, you know, education piece following that for everybody else. Yeah. But I think those early adopters, are, again, that's going to provide another really big inflection point when you start seeing more and more people mm. eating cultivated meat products and talking about and cultivated it, yeah. and normalizing it. Yes, yeah. it, exactly. Because I think at the moment it's so 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 sci-fi to so many people that yes. it just doesn't even find a place in their brain of like I have to form an opinion on this or would I try this? I always ask people that question: Would you try it? Like I'm just interested. Yeah. Yeah, but it definitely like at the moment, um, there's going to be no issue. I mean. I've seen posts about those restaurants have been selling out in minutes. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting as time goes on to see how the technology is adopted. I've had really interesting conversations with friends around, especially friends studying biotech, around how they think that it's going to be adopted or how they think it's going to be accepted, particularly comparing it to like the way that GMOs are treated these days. Not that obviously our cultivated meat isn't GMO, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of the opinions that people have on cultivated meat come from these strong opinions that they have surrounding GMOs, which I think 99% these days comes from them seeing on packaging no GMOs. They don't even understand what it is. They just know they're supposed to think that that's bad. Yeah. But I think the more um, the more people understand it and the more people see it and the more people see people who aren't related to these companies eating it, the more normal it's going to become. Uh, and I definitely think that as it becomes more available, um, more people are going to be excited about it, more people are going to want to try it. But it'll just be interesting to see how the conversation changes over that time. Definitely since it's become available in America, I've noticed a huge difference in the number of people that know it actually exists. Yeah. Because there you know, were a lot of people out there who just d- didn't know that it was actually technology that was going on at the moment. But, yeah, definitely just people knowing that it's out there. I mean, I guess that's the first step. A lot of people don't even know if they would try it yet. But, yeah. Definitely very interesting to see how that's going to change. I mean, mm. America is huge. I was so shocked when that came because it just kind of came out of nowhere. There was the approval from the FDA, but then we were waiting for the USDA for like, a, or was it? It was yeah. the no questions asked yeah. thing. And then it just kind of came through to the, the second part from the FDA and then the USDA. And it was like, wow, it's in America now. That's huge. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And I think that awareness piece is, is really um Really crucial because obviously where uh, well I definitely am uh, in in my little bubble of you know cultivated meat and I talk about it to everyone every single day yeah. in part of every conversation, um, but that's not the real world. And then yeah. I get outside of that little bubble and then I'm like, oh, hang on, not everyone knows. Not a, yeah, the, the, it's a minority of people that that know about it. And Even so who understand the word cultivated meat or yes. the phrase cultivated meat? Like I'll have to, sometimes have to specify cultivated meat, like meat grown in a lab. Yes. And, and then people get it. People yes. understand lab-grown meat. 
Um, but yeah, definitely, it's a it's a bit of a bubble. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and that's you. Know, I mean, you raise a really good point around you know labeling because you know I have the same experience. You know, I'll say cultivated, and people don't know what don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. And fair enough because it's a new term. Yeah, yeah. So it's not to be expected that people will know. Um, you know, and lab grown is not you know an ideal marketing term. It doesn't it doesn't you know put great images of a food product in your head. But that's what people yeah. understand it exactly, as. You yeah. know, as soon as you say that, they know exactly what what you're talking yeah. about. Um, so that's a really interesting challenge that we've got coming up yeah, in terms yeah. of terminology and labeling. And I think you make a really good point, um, you know, around the stigma attached to things like GMO as well. Yeah. Um, uh, that's what makes it really important for for us and you know the companies that are already on the market to get the marketing right because yeah. if if there's a stigma that gets attached like it has done to to GMO it's really yeah. difficult to overcome that yeah. and so obviously we do a lot of work around you know education um you know and 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 content marketing yeah. um to 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 cover off things like the terminology mm. and, you know, this, why is it cultivated? Well, it, it's grown in a cultivator. So a bioreactor is also known as a cultivator and yeah. we're cultivating those those cells. And so, you know, that's that's why we, we refer to it as as, as cultivated meat. Um, and as you as you mentioned previously, like, we're very transparent with the, with the process. Um, a lot, everyone wants to come to the lab. Um, you know, we, we accept as many people as, as possible. Yeah. Um, we have done a number of tastings. You know, we would we would we would like to do obviously more mm. in the future going forward, so people can actually come and yeah. try it, um, which is you know another you know crucial step um, uh, that goes beyond the communication. Obviously, being being able to you know taste and mm. smell and enjoy the product, um, and obviously you know as you mentioned as well before, a, a lot around the the benefits to to cultivated meat as well, whether that relates mm. to the environment. Um, you know, the treatment of animals, um, you know, wh- whatever the case may be. Yeah. Some of the things that we don't um, talk about, like, I'm not meaning us, but just in general conversation is around, you know, food safety and security, mm. um, food That's sovereignty. That's really interesting it, to me, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, things like antimicrobial resistance yeah. and all these larger problems, you know, everyone seems to have forgotten about yeah. COVID and the pandemic yeah. and <laughs> right? what we've just been through. Yeah. Yeah, and even just things like, you know, the the new areas that this opens up to like, you know, meat can now be made anywhere and like transport doesn't need to be as much of an issue and food safety. I mean, like, yeah. Absolutely, and and it's a very different experience globally to to what we have here in in, in Australia, and I think um, like we've got a global audience in terms of our social yeah. media, and and we market to you know a global audience, but we are based here in in, in Australia, yeah. um, and I think there's a very it's a very there's a very different set of opinions mm. locally compared to to, to overseas. Yeah. Um, you know, I think as Australians, you know, we've never seen you know, food safety or food security is an issue here. We've got a yeah. really strong, you know, framework and yes. yes. And, you know, we do produce a lot of um, food here as well. Mm-hmm. And we export a, yeah. a, a large amount of food. Strangely, we, 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 we're net importers of some products as well, yeah. pork, pork that I've mentioned before. Yeah. But in Australia, I guess the general feeling is like there's no issue. What's what, yeah. why, is, why is there an issue around food safety or food security or, or mm. food sovereignty. But then you go to a country, you know, like Singapore, for yeah. example, that just does not have the the resources or the land to be able to produce like we produce here. And yeah. it's a completely different conversation, exactly. a completely different understanding um, 
not only of the the benefits of something like cellular agriculture or cultivated meat, but the need for it. Mm. Um, as we would have seen through, um, you know, throughout the pandemic, you know, supply chains were so disrupted, and that doesn't apply, you know, just to products um, or you know clothes or TVs or or you know uh, making cars or but but to the food supply chain. Yeah. Um, and that draw has drawn a lot of attention, particularly in those countries that you know don't have you know food sovereignty and mm -hmm. can't produce their own you know enough food to feed their own population. Yeah. And in you know countries that are experiencing you know massive increases in um, you know population, if we talk mm -hmm. about you know like India and China and, and those sorts of places, um, it's a, it's a much more pressing issue there, um, which I guess a lot of people in Australia just are a little bit oblivious to or, or unaware of because we have it we're so lucky here in, in I Australia was say, I think it's it's just something that we've become used to that you see supermarket shelves that are full and there's always enough food and there's always lots of meat on the shelves to the point where there's always stuff going off yeah. and Australians eat a lot of meat as well compared to other countries and it's just a huge part of the diet here um, it's a daily part of a lot of people's diets and I think that we've become really used to uh, the idea of it being available and it doesn't seem like it seems like this we're talking about some like dystopian future where like you're not going to have food or it, it and it's not really the case. It's just it's genuine. The population is going to grow. We're running out of space and it's not going to stay the way that it is. And I think COVID was a really interesting show of that because I remember even like my little local supermarket, um, even like the, the, the little section, the fridge section, they had just kind of put sheets over two of the meat fridges and there was just one fridge that had mm. meat still and I remember there being a lot at the time about how meat was becoming really, really expensive. Mm. And it, it's so complicated because it's got to do with all these different supply chains that are obviously really, really affected when something like a pandemic happens. And it's just, I mean, it, it's it's the kind of thing that we're going to see more and more in the future as well. So, yeah, and I think it's hard for people to wrap their head around this idea of food security being a benefit of cultivated meat um, because it is such a wide-scale it's obviously a far off kind of part of the vision from where we're starting now and it's going to take time, but it's worth thinking about because, yeah, if the support goes into this industry, that is the potential of this technology and it's the the way that things are going to have to, things are going to have to change to actually feed people at some point anyway. Mm -hmm. And things already have changed um, to, like, like we've been through agricultural revolutions where we've changed the way that we make food to to feed people. There's been a lot of change in the last 50 years in the way that we produce meat. So this is just another part of that change. And, and it comes with these benefits if it's more ethical, it's going to be more environmentally friendly. But I think because that comes with this attached stigma surrounding um, like people accepting change around these issues that involves them accepting that they've been doing something wrong, they're, they're more likely to kind of not want to have the conversation about this is the full potential of this technology. There's so much here to talk about. But, yeah, it, it's hard for people to comprehend. And I do think it comes from a, a, a place where we kind of take things for granted here. We're really lucky and I think that it takes, uh, you know, really acknowledging what we have with constant gratitude to actually think realistically about the way that this could impact people in different areas of the world as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And 
I mean, food waste is another topic that, you know, you mm. touched on then as well that we just don't pay enough attention to or put enough, um, yeah. you know, thought into around, you know, addressing that issue, which cellular agriculture can potentially, you know, yeah. play a key key role in. Um, and I think, yeah, talking about supply chain, people forgot, you know, I think people forget there was no toilet paper. Does, do, do people not remember that? <laughs> you couldn't go. <laughs> I'm getting off topic here, but... Um, I think another really good point is around the stigma attached to, you know, uh, and some of the comments we get as as well around are, you know, um, these uh, global conglomerate food companies are trying to, you know, change what we eat and, you know, what are they putting into it and we're not, (laughs) we're not some, you know, evil global conglomerate trying to, (laughs) yeah, exactly infiltrate, you know, the, food system of every we're a a small startup trying to have an impact on on, you know on the world and we do in terms of our content do um i think try and get that message across with you know the amount of you know personal um profile um type pieces of this podcast for for example um and you know uh i think another key component of that as well is um you know, having, uh, making sure our, um, I know it's not their favourite thing to do, but have our scientists, you know, come on and, and do, you know, as much, you know, media, yeah. uh, whether it's on the podcast uh, or whether it's, you know, on TV or, mm. or in articles and, and that sort of thing. So people can put a face, mm-hmm. you, know, to, you know, to 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 what we're, what we're doing. Oh, it's those seven people at Magic yeah, Valley. It's exactly it. an interesting part of, and, and that ties back into the whole, you know, the issue that we have with science communication at the moment, people actually feel like they're not hearing enough. They, they, they don't feel like they're being communicated to. And, and that's what leads to this feeling of like the, there's a lack of trust there mm. because they don't, they feel like something's being hidden from them. And, and one of the interesting things is the difference when people, people that can connect with someone face-to-face. So if people can see Andrew on our social media explaining how cultivated meat works and they have they can see a face, they can connect with a face, that's a much more human way to communicate with people. It's just a nicer way to communicate with people and people are going to feel more comfortable with it. But, yeah, it's definitely it's great getting them um, on the social media and on the podcast even though it's hard for them sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Definitely not their favourite thing to no. do. Well, they say it's not. Maybe secretly I they're think some of them enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, they're definitely good at it. They're yeah. definitely good at it. And I think it really helps as well with, um, as you mentioned, like communicating the science because what we do is really technical and I, I explain it real as you know as simply as I can and then the scientists will be like, you know, it's not that easy. I'm like, you know, <laughs> and I understand it's not that easy but we're trying to, you know, communicate to people. And I guess one of the one of the tricky things I think, um, you know, has been, you know, media coverage is great mm. but they don't always get the the terminology and the, the, the technology a- accurate yeah. and, and some of that can sometimes, you know, um, uh, you know, take off as a little bit of misrepresentation of, ex- mm-hmm. of exactly what we're doing. And I, I'm certainly not, you know, um, you know, trying to point the finger at, you know, um, you know, journalists or media outlets yeah. or whatever. I mean, it, it, it's, it, I think it probably comes back to, to us to try and explain it a, yeah. little, a little bit better and, and, you know, make sure we, we get that across because, um, you know, there's so many advantages to, 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 to cultivate a meat and what we're, what we're doing, um, and benefits, but there's also, um, 
quite a lot of differences between what different companies are, yeah. are doing and the approaches that they're taking. I know the question we get all the time and you mentioned before is around FBS. I mean, that's something I didn't understand when I first found out about Cultivated Meat and it was only when I read into Magic Valley and I read the website and I read about the process that I actually even knew that that was going on. And it's interesting because a lot of people either know that FBS exists and completely write off cultivated meat because they assume that every company is using it or have absolutely no clue that there's different processes and different ways of doing it. Yeah, Yeah. and a lot of the comments we get on social media, like like we'll film a specific, um, you know, piece about us or someone doing a tasting or the process and and, and we'll get get comments like, oh, but what about all the FBS they use? And, oh, they're killing animals and they've got animals in cages in the lab. And I'm like, what are you like? Yeah. (laughs) What on earth are these people talking about? Yeah. None of that obviously is is true. And I think, yeah, that comes down to just we need to repeat and repeat and repeat what's going on because I think what that ties into is that people's understanding of the science that turns into you know that's the ethics of it like they, they need to understand the eth- the science to understand the ethics of it and the fact that every step along the way our process is really really careful about the ethics because that's at the core of what we're doing we want to actually make an impact there and when when people understand the process they understand the ethics behind it a bit more yeah yeah 100 they're the ones that i yeah I, that's probably where my lack of patience comes from <laughs> particularly when people are just you know it's just and people have uh, i don't want to go on a rant about social no, media <laughs> but people are very strong in their opinions and, and they think what yeah. they're saying is 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 fact yeah uh, and when when people are saying what they believe to be facts about you know our company and our business and and what we're doing that's just a hundred percent wrong like mm. they, i think they're the ones that that, that frustrate me yeah um it's the interesting part of social media is that people cannot even some, some like, and this is just what social media has done. People cannot understand each other, and they mm. they're not willing to understand. Not each willing, other. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that. I think, I think that's the. They they kind of want to go th- and see like the worst case possible scenario, and some of these comments are absolutely awful. And it's because these people are so passionate about something that they know so little about, and they don't want to know more about it mm. because they've made up that. And that's the confirmation bias that we've also talked about in some of these um, hate comments is that people are going to seek out the things that uh, support what they already feel about cultivated meat. Like I said before, people have these strong opinions about cultivated meat. They don't even know they have strong opinions, but they already have strong Mm. opinions and they come out the moment you talk to them and they're going to look for whatever supports their opinion on it because that's most comfortable. But, yeah, I find the the interesting thing about the comments is that they come from all different angles. Like there's some really interesting interesting ones um from and I think that's a that's a challenge for us uh to like understand how we're communicating to all of these audiences at once but yeah yeah and I I think we're held I feel I feel like we're held to a much higher standard as well in that people want us to have the answer to everything and for this to be a perfect product and perfect solution for every possible scenario and every individual person everywhere in every country in the world. Yeah. Which is just unrealistic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's some of those questions are really, you know, difficult to, 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 to provide answers to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess one of the other things that, you know, we, we're, we're cognizant of being a you know, a new industry and a, and, a, and we're just part of a, of a new industry is that, you know, some of the comments, particularly around FBS, um, 
would be true if they were made about other companies. So, mm. you know, we know other companies, you know, have used and do and do use FBS. Mm. Um, so I guess we feel a bit of a responsibility as well, you know, as part of the industry. We know other companies have done that and, and yeah. are doing that. We, we, we don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, and so some of the comments I can understand because people will have read about other companies or, and they'll just think, oh, that's cultivated meat and that's how it, and that's how it's done. And so I think a lot of the early messaging, you know, as an industry that we do, um, and I'm really, um, I pay a lot of attention to what, you know, the companies that have already got approval mm. do in their marketing because, yeah. um, as you mentioned before with, um, you know, GMO, if there's a stigma, if, if the, if, if, the earliest companies get the marketing wrong, it's going to create a problem for the entire industry. Yeah. And so um, obviously we talk about ourselves because we know our own process intimately, but we also talk about the industry, you know, as well and the concept mm -hmm. of, of, of cultivated meat. And I think that's really important because otherwise people are going to attach to, you know, the, the negative um, things they hear about other companies or, or, or the potential practices that, 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 that other companies um uh, might employ that, that, that they disagree with and we might also disagree with but you know as an industry you know we need to be you know explaining the concept of the the the, the entire process of yeah. cellular agriculture and, and cultivated as well as our own you know the, the intricate details of, of what we're doing which which I think provides a, a, another yeah, challenge that, that comes uh, back to that point on transparency you know and yeah. people feeling like they're not hearing enough so they feel like something's being hidden from them and if they see oh this is what it could be then of course yeah then it gets attached to everything but yeah it, it is interesting um that you know people have started associating this with like the industry as a whole and 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 that's why we try and push as much as possible we've found a way around this like we we are doing this without any other animal products apart from those animal cells at the beginning. Yeah. And the animal is totally fine after this like tiny little cell scraping. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that point about the way that cultivated meat is marketed now is so important. And we think a lot about the way, and I think a lot about the way that I do, do it and the way that we shape the strategy and our strategy has changed a lot. Like, do we show the science on social media mm. or do we just show the food? We've gone back and forth a lot. And a lot of my, um, what's guided that for me has been my conversations with people in real life and, and what they're interested in hearing. People want to hear the science and people aren't scared of the science when they understand it. And I agree. I think it's really important that we get it right now because people make their minds up very quickly. And it's a lot of responsibility for like all of the companies that are marketing for cultivated meat at the moment. It's a lot. But that's also a huge motivator definitely for me is that if we get this right, if we really work hard at it and we really get the word out there and every single post we put out there is reaching a couple hundred more people maybe, um, this actually will have a really huge impact or this could have a really huge impact in these massive areas and, and also show people here's something that you can support to solve these issues that are giving you so much anxiety that mm. you don't feel you have control over. This is a good thing. Um, yeah, I think that's what makes it really exciting is that there is a lot of work to be done and it just takes hard work and a lot of thinking and a lot of conversations about it. We talk heaps about it and um, we go back and forth over what we what we want to highlight, what we want to show more of. Um, but, yeah, we always come back to that transparency of showing the science because I think what scares people more is when they don't see that. They know that it's involved and we've got absolutely nothing to hide and we've been so open about our process. We show the lab, 
Um, and, and I think that there's something striking to people about the idea of something starting in a lab and then showing people eating that. But that's also the part that is what stops people and, and makes them really interested in what they're doing because it is so new and it is so interesting. It's not something you usually associate with each other. And that's a real advantage in marketing is that we have something that really shocks people and, and makes them interested in, and want to find out more. So even though we do get those immediate negative reactions, we get people interested in what we're doing and we get people looking at what we're doing and then we can give them the information and um, and and then they make up their minds from there, yeah. Mm, mm, uh, yeah, absolutely. There's obviously, um, I'm going to pick up on a word that you mentioned before, a, lo- a, lo- a lot of trust involved. Yeah. And, and I think a, lo- I think a lot of it um, you know, comes back to, to, to building that credibility and, and that trust and, and being transparent with, with what we're doing. And mm. definitely agree with you. There's a lot of work involved uh, and we're only just getting started. Yeah. So it's been a lot of work to, to get to this point. It, it really hasn't even started. The work really hasn't even yeah. begun. But it, it, but it is really exciting. It's really exciting, I think, to be you know involved um, you know in the cusp of you know the the beginning of a of a completely new industry. Yeah, I love it. It's my favorite part of you know working at Magic Valley is the fact that this is all so new, and it's it's so exciting to see how it's unfolding. Even since I've started, just the way that the industry itself has changed and how many people know about it, and the fact that it's now available in America and people can go and eat it. That's a huge change. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. Things are, things are happen, happening rapidly. I feel like they're standing still, but they're definitely ha- <laughs> ha- happening rapidly. So, uh, yeah, could, couldn't agree more. There's always something new and exciting mm. um, uh, happening either 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 with us as a company or, or, or throughout the throughout the industry, which yeah. is yeah, which has which has been really great. So, um, I'm glad that you enjoy it. Yeah, um, that's great. Ella, look, that's I think we've covered a lot of topics there yeah. today. Is there, any, is there anything else that that we we that you wanted to mention today that we that we haven't covered off it already? Um, I think we've I think we've gone through a lot. I mean, just uh, a huge like thank you from me to everyone at Magic Valley for like the opportunities that I've had in this job. I'm very grateful for it to everyone. Very Ex- grateful. Excellent. You don't, you don't have to thank us. We should be thanking you. You're, <laughs> you're an absolute star and we love thank having you. you. So I'm glad it's all worked out well. Um, all right. Well, that probably wraps us up for yep. today, <laughs> today's episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for, for coming in and being thank on this side on. of the camera. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to edit this now. <laughs> <laughs> Work never ends. There's always, <laughs> always something to do. Yep. We'll have to get you back on for more episodes, yes. I think. Sounds good. Excellent. All right. Well, that wraps us up for today's episode of The Magic Hour. Don't forget to, to check out all our social channels that we've mentioned before. We're everywhere, including threads, as everywhere. Ella mentioned. Um, so so check us out. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to, to get in contact with us. As Ella um, said, you know, we're more than happy to, you know, address people's concerns and provide information around we're do- what about what we're doing. So please feel free to reach out and we'll do our best to, to get back to everyone. So thanks again and make sure you tune into the next episode of the Magic Hour. Thank you. Thanks, Ella. Thanks.